0: Hello to all the listeners of our podcast series. My name is Minna Seikkula and I'm here at the SOSCOM studio with my colleague Amin Geng Atabong Alemanji. So hello Amin, how are you today?
1: Hello Mina. thank you. I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm uh, really glad to have the chance to have this um, talk with you and, and catch up with the research you've done during the past couple of years in the intersectional border struggles and disobedient knowledge in activism project. So maybe we could just start by you telling us in like the, the broad picture, what's your research been about and what have you done basically?
1: Thank you. Uh, for the past four years, I have... Uh, Embarked in creating an anti-racism mobile phone app in Finland. The whole idea of a mobile phone app came when I did my my PhD. I I published two articles about uh, a mobile a mobile phone app as a potential tool for anti-racism education. So when I had the chance to do uh, this research, I, I I took that. I was very excited to kind of try to create. A mobile phone app that would work for Finland, but I uh, I didn't want the app to be what I wanted. So I wanted it to be, to be a reflection of what people will potentially use the app. What ex- what exactly they would want to have in a mobile phone app. So that's what I've been doing for the past four years. Although with our phone I, we had the funding for two years. I expanded my project by working part time on the project, and uh, I did that for four years, and it was really really amazing four years.
0: This sounds very interesting and maybe also a bit of, a little bit out of ordinary. So part of your research has been uh, to create this mobile phone app. Maybe we can say the name also. Finland without racism, right?
1: Yes, that's 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 the that's the, that's the app Finland without racism. It's available on both Android and uh, on iOS for the Apple devices as well.
0: Could you tell a little bit more about the process? You said that you wanted uh, potential users to be part of the app development, but how did what? How does one start, and how did you go about it?
1: Uh yes. Uh, so basically, the original idea was to have several groups of people involved in in the creation of these app have 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 these different, app, for example, students from an international school, students from a Finnish school, and also anti-racist activists involved. But uh, so when we started with the first, so we started with the first with the, with the international school, and the reason why I chose the international school was was for language purposes, so I could have people who, uh, who could speak in English, so we can collect the data in English as a, as a as a test, and then we could do that in the Finnish school, and then that and the next one with the activist network, and so I returned to this international school which had done research previously on. The mobile phone app it was a natural place to go back and say hey now we can want to, i want to expand this idea and i met a, a wonderful teacher who was uh who i'd worked with earlier and uh, he was still there and so we i want to introduce the idea of the app to him he said oh that's a very brilliant idea he had a class called a design class and in that class the students were supposed to design something you know it was, a, it was an ict class and so it was, it was a, we decided to, to kind of have the students in the design class design an anti racism mobile phone app. So, uh, this class, I think there were, there were 10 boys, and um, I wished, I hope there were girls, but there were, there were no girls. And one of the boys identified as black, and the race identified as white. And it was a very exciting period because um, the students were. Very excited about designing an app. They, you know, it was the first time when they, they, they had a chance to design something which they could see, they could hold, they could charge. So I went there with my research with with, with my research assistant, and uh, we spent uh, I think three months working with the students. The first thing we did was we introduced existing mobile phone apps to them. These apps were from different countries, from Australia, the U.S., Sweden the uk and we showed them these different apps in malaysia and say hey what do you think about the pros think about the apps and think about the pros and cons of this app and uh, critique the app and use these these ideas as a guide towards creating a design for a mobile phone app that you would potentially like and the students were really really active one of the one of the first one of the first um Anti-racism task I, we we asked them to th- to reflect on was to to think about the different racial groups in Finland, and to think about what what how did this suffer from racism, and what kind of solutions uh, they could put, suggest as uh, that could help with these with with the, with this with these different groups, and so it also made them thinking about while well, thinking about just they were thinking both they were thinking both, at, they were thinking both uh, about the design of the app and also an anti racist element with regards to Finland. And so I divided the groups into, we divided the groups into two, and we asked them to, to create two competing designs. And uh, the idea was that when the two competing designs were uh, were done, the prototypes were done, would we'll have the the, the the rest of the school come in and vote for the best design. So I uh, also had a, uh, an app designer all the students were discussing with actively. So when they come, when they when they had the ideas, they had to draw the ideas, design the ideas, and we had the meeting with the app designer. The app designer would then create, transform those ideas into a a prototype for them, so they could see exactly what they wanted. They could decide the color. They could decide what kind of games they want, what kind of characters they wanted. And it was a, it was it was a, they did that for I think a month or two. It was really really fun. They had a lot of fun just trying to be part of creating a solution to a problem that they had identified. And uh, after six weeks, we had, uh, we had um, I think students were from grade 10 and um, we had students from grade 10 and grade nine meet in the big hall of the school. And the different, these, these two different groups presented the their, their app prototype design to the the their, 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 their mates. And uh, one of the apps one of the prototypes which was uh, uh, called World Without Racism won. And so they won because the idea that they had was very fascinating. But then the other group that lost had the best game. So we said, okay, we're not going to just throw away the best game. So we found it with, So what I decided to do was to go back to the drawing board with them and said, okay, this is a winning app, but the losing app is not going to just disappear. Let's try to incorporate the game from the from the from the from the from the from the team that lost into the team that won. So we used, um, so so we had, it to, we had both groups worked together now to, to actually create a single prototype, and we did that for two weeks, and then COVID COVID hit. So we had to leave the school, and uh, but we, we when we left the school we had we got we had we had some really the prototype we had was really was pretty okay.
0: Yeah. Sounds really exciting. I don't know. Would you like to say something about? I just the thoughts that come to my mind that as a researcher, you you here yourself in a position where where you kind of are very maybe dependent is uh, the wrong word, but kind of you give a lot of responsibilities uh, to to the the people you collaborate with, and also that you can't control. What the students then did, like how, how does that feel as a researcher? It's uh,
1: it, it was it was very scary uh, because at the end of the day, I had to take responsibility of the outcome of that research. You know, so well, it, it was very challenging. But I trusted the students because I think sometimes people so I have been criticized. Earlier, especially on the app, and saying that. But why is that? It's only majority, majority of people who worked on this app are white, and I'm like, hey, the majority of people who we think are the problem when it comes to racism in Finland are white. So what is the problem if these white kids are involved in working on the app because they can identify the problem, they can they can design what they think that people like them would want to have in an app. So I was counting on that when I when, when I had when I put that. Responsibility on them, and but what one of the things that happened is that during COVID, I actually decided to also started participating in the app as a participant. So before COVID, I was just an observer and, and guiding. So when COVID hit, I sat down and asked myself that okay, what I have, is okay, but it's not good enough to be an app. So I wanted to add different dimensions to the app so that the app would not just be an app for 10-year-old kids, 10-year-old or, 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 or 10-year-old boys or 14-year-old teenagers. I wanted it to be something that could be used by different people, people from different ages. So I then looked back at my work as a research on race and racism in Finland and I asked myself, what has been the biggest problem so far? when it comes to issue of racism in Finland, in, in Finland and we the Finnish public. And one of the things I identify, which I which I've identified which I had identi- identified, is that very often people don't have people don't know where to report racism. So if they've experienced an instance of racism, there is no place, there is people don't really know how to report it, where to report it, or even trust that their report is going to be taken into consideration. So as a researcher, what I decided to do after or during the COVID period was to then add that element into the app. So I designed a, a section where people can report issues of racism. And uh, basically what I did was, the, that section was, it has basically two different links. And the link, one of the links is to the old Ombudsman where you can just go in to the exact place where you have to put the report. Those sites exist, but they are always shrouded they are always hidden in between different sites. You have to go through different sites to get there. But with the app, you can just go in straight to the exact page and place the report.
0: So, sounds like you really also considered not just the impact of your research, but also, or like, am I now, like, correct me, but, but you are thinking of the impact you can make, do through this co-created app.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I was thinking about, because the app is, the app is um, it is just, um, it's a tool, right? And the, 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 one of the things about a tool is that it has to be functional. It has to be functional to as much, to as many people as possible. So what I was doing was, okay, for example, there are two, two sections of which, which the students created was, it's called the learning phase and the test phase. So in the learning phase, the students actually designed different kinds of actually there are different kinds of videos, short videos from the YouTube collection of short videos which people were interested in learning about racism can learn about, can listen to, can watch those videos and learn about what racism is. It kind of introduces users to what racism is. The test space the test has a series of questions designed by the students mostly, which has to do with um it's like a follow-up of the learning phase, like just, just rumble testing. It has some open ended questions about what racism is. Is it bad? What's some racism? It's kind of open ended questions. And then there is the reporting phase, which I designed, which I added to it. And also there's also a phase called the third, the fourth function, which is called reporting uh, racism in Finland. That is actually inspired by one of the games designed by a student, which was called privilege walk. So I looked, at the, I looked at the game that the students had designed and said, what do I, what, what do I want to do with this game? So then I, I met, uh, I, I had an idea which I sold to um, one to an artist and I asked her to kind of design a race. It's, kind of, it's like a track race where there are three different characters. It's a very interesting concept. And this, these three different characters have the same finish point but they have different starting points on the the track. But they're running the same race, but they have different starting points and the the same finish point. And uh, although they have different starting points, there are certain characters who have different uh, obstacles on their tracks. And uh, so the idea is to have people look into that scenario, have a discussion around them, around that, and ask, like, for example, what's going to win the race? Who could who could win this race, and why? Why is it some people have different starting, have more more advanced certain certain points than other than than others? Because in Finland, there is this idea, the whole, this whole idea of equality is it's something that we have to we have to really think about and reflect on because we have different social capitals that there are different racial groups in Finland have different social capital. And that means that they have different advantages, uh, which gives them an urge in terms of access and output. And that's something that people don't reflect on. You know, when we think about equality, we should think about equality when it comes to outcomes, output, not just about input.
0: That sounds very important. So in the research project, we worked with this notion of disobedient knowledge. Would you like to somehow tie it to the work you've been describing?
1: Yeah, uh, that, that particular concept I really like because one of the things I've been, I've I, I reflected on during this process is, is reflected on myself as an agent of distributed knowledge. That the knowledge I produce is itself distributed knowledge because if you look at literature on, on, on each of ways, Uh, people who look like me can produce knowledge. So the fact that I'm even producing this kind of knowledge and this kind of knowledge that speaks to power is a form of disobedient knowledge. And also, if you look at also, if you look at the practicalities of the research and um, using action participatory research, uh, having these particular students giving the power to the students to produce knowledge is also a big form of disobedient knowledge because I am asking them their, 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 their task was to put, was to come up with a design. What I asked them to do is to think about uh, racism and anti-racism in this process. Now, the knowledge that the students gained from doing this from creating this app is something that's gonna stay with them no matter where they are, how, no matter how successful the app ends up being because the through that during that period the students learned about what racism is. Thought about how to how to be anti-racist. They thought about what kind of anti-majors that they wanted to reflect in the app. So, in 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 a nutshell, what I'm trying to say here is that with of knowledge, the process of producing knowledge has been the most important. Is the most has been the most important for me in this research because that through that process, it's. When I think about the process, I think about the students creating this whole app as a form of disobedient knowledge.
0: That's very cool. If we then go to, so to say, lessons learned, uh, yeah, would you, what would you, is there something you would like to highlight? What did you learn? Or, or is there something that, if someone is considering trying to do this kind of uh, rather experimental research, uh, what,
1: what would you tell them? Yeah, I think the first advice I would give is please uh, try not to chew, try not to bite more than you can chew. Uh, try to take it, take it small. I think the idea that I had with the app originally was so big. You know, if if I wasn't interrupted by COVID nineteen, I think that I was heading towards a a waterfall just to fall because the whole idea could, could, could never have worked. If I had to work with these different groups, they would have been a challenge. So kind of COVID-19 helped me to stop, think, and work on what I had because sometimes we, we think of collecting a lot of data and producing some new things but the things we already have is good enough. We don't have to, the, the, the things we have are good enough. We don't really have to go out there and try to to do more or get more or, or try to be I try to produce more, so I think the biggest advice I can give is that less is more, and trust your research participants, and um, let them let them lead. Just let their voice shine and give them a chance to 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 take the to take the front the, the, the front role. Because very often as, as researchers, as our voice is what people hear. You know, we interpret people's voices, our, our, our participants' voice, and. We are the ones who people, we, are, we are the ones who take. We would take the shine at the end of the day, but with action participatory research, my participants actually what they have in mind was able to shine through this app.
0: I, I like that, and I think there's a lot to think about for many researchers. Trust the uh, research participants. Yeah. So. Thank you for this conversation. I mean, I would have one final question for you. Like, are you going to continue with this in this realm of mobile apps, or what's the next thing for you?
1: Um, yes and no. Well, the whole idea of the app is that I got. I've been interested in looking at different method methods of anti-racism. That's that's my biggest interest. How can we do anti-racism differently using different tools? And oh uh, because we live in a very digitalized world where a lot of us, a lot of, a lot of us spend a lot of time on our phones, on, on on our handheld device. It was very important for me to try to have some anti-racist element, or some anti-racism tool that would actually exist in that, in those areas. Uh, for the future, what I'm planning to do is I'm planning to um, apply for funding to expand. The usability of this tool, because this is just a tool. So, but I have to. Tr- I'm hoping that if I have funding, I could then train teachers how to use this tool in class, in in, in the classroom, how to use this tool um, uh, in workshops, uh, because very often we we've been just complaining that they don't have anti-racism textbooks and anti-racism tools, and this could be a this could be a potential tool that they can use uh in the, they can use in their work and also the app development doesn't end here this is just a, this is version 1.0 it's going to be version 1.2.2.1 2.2 2.3 3.0 so it's going to be we're gonna continue producing and developing the app much more so that's the that's the future the future is to continuously expand on this particular tool and to see how much it we can get out of it
0: Sounds both very important anti-racist tools for teachers in Finnish schools. I think everyone understands the very urgent need of that, but also the continuous devel- development of the app. It's different from a research paper that is out there. You can you can continue yes. uh, building on on that one. So thank you again, Amin, for this conversation. It was lovely to talk with you about about your research and let's just repeat the name one more time. The app Finland Without Racism.
1: Yes, Finland Without Racism. And it's mm. available, it can be found on the Google Play Store and the iOS mm. store.
0: Okay. So where you get your regular apps, apps for your phones. Or, yes. yes. Okay. But thanks Amin. Thank uh, you, Mina.
1: It was lovely talking to you.